to another edition of Baseball and Beyond, presented by Masses Restaurant today. Vince Coleman is my guest. I'm excited about this. Vince, how excited are you? You know, anytime I come back here to St. Louis is always uh, my birth, and uh, so many great memories, fun memories. Um, um, we can go on and on for hours. Oh, tell I was just story. talking about getting the chance to talk to me. That's what I meant. Oh, no, I'm well, just kidding. Always a pleasure to see you. You know, that's why I'm doing the show. I mean, because you know, if it wasn't for the fact that we have a great rapport, a great relationship, you know, the friendships that we have built over the years is, is outstanding here. So I'm just happy to be back here and just talk to you. I do. I do love talking to you because um, I, I I didn't get to know you uh when you were playing because i was much younger i was a fan i was a real big fan then and you and you were the biggest one of the biggest reasons that you come up in 85 i know we've talked about it a million times and and it's even on the, the tape that everyone's ever seen where dow maxwell says you come up and say yeah i'm not going back down uh, i just i just think that's an amazing story and if you i know we've talked to you before about it but the fact that when you got to st louis you told them I ain't leaving, and they said, "No, no, no." You know, you, Willie's going to come back, but uh, just the, the confidence you had, and, and to be able to to tell uh, a Whitey and a Dow that, and, and just tell me a little <laughs> bit about where all that confidence came from, and the fact that well, you did that. Well, you know, you know, where I came from has a lot to do with that. I was cut from a baseball team, and in the ninth grade, and and coming out of high school, I thought I was really good, and I wasn't offered a scholarship. Uh, so I had to, my mom told me smart guys don't starve, so I wasn't going to stay around the house. So uh, she made me go to college. And when I walked on the football team, I had to walk on there and made the football team. So, and also walk on the baseball team and made that. But that was the mentality coming from a background of playing football all those years. You're hearing all these motivational speeches, no shortcut to success. Um, so <clears throat> hard work was all I ever known. And, and I've been playing baseball for many many years and so when I got drafted by the Cardinals you know all I wanted to do is just please my mom and don't embarrass myself and uh and George Kissel came to me and said well if you want to play for Whitey in the big leagues you got to switch it and here I am 24 years old I want you to comb your hair brush your teeth drive your car left-handed and and, and that'll have drive to your success and you know I did that for two years in 85 and when I got called up all the things that I have done since I was in the ninth grade didn't phase me because I've been playing this game of baseball all my life. So being in the major leagues was a motivational thing. So being in the big parks, the lights was brighter, the balls, I could see the balls here, and they was throwing strikes. So all I'd do is play pepper and put it in play. And <clears throat> with that being said, you know, Whitey was my biggest fan. And I remember talking to his, his, his wife, Mary Lou, and uh, this is like my second year in the league. She said, Whitey comes home every night and all he talks about how great a base dealer you are and that you he's your biggest fan, you know. So <clears throat> Whitey and I, get, and I tell everybody today, if, if it was for Whitey, you know, here's a kid, learn how to switch it basically in the big leagues. And my own base percentage was never great, but when I got on base, I made it happen because I wasn't afraid. And <clears throat> I kind of motivated Willie McGee because uh, Willie didn't steal a lot of bases before I got there, and I lived with Willie my first year, and, you know, what a wonderful treat that was. I mean, to this day, Willie's my best friend. And um, it was just so fun to be around Ozzy day in and day out, made you so loose. Um, you know, we had all-star at every position. You had Jack Clark, Tommy Herr, <coughs> Willie, Terry. You know, the pitching staff that we had with Joaquin and 
Tudor and Danny Cox, you know. Was so overlooked a little too that year. He was eighteen and nine, and then we had the two twenty game winners. You kind of forget Cox's great year. Uh, of course, I yeah. mean, you know, so he was like in the background, you know. But you know, it was a team effort. Then you had Todd World come up that was closing the door, and Ken Daly was such a big, big, huge part of that. I mean, no one realized how the pitching staff that came together and the guys, the camaraderie that we, you know, you, Whitey thing was that if. You came to the ballpark every day with, a, excuse me, a good attitude and put forth a good effort. Your ability would take care of itself, and that's what we did. You and that's the kind of thing that I think about. I just started thinking about this too. That you really were a game changer. You were, uh, you know, I don't want to make your head big, Vince. <laughs> it's big enough. It's <laughs> all right. I'm sure Ozzy's out there right now going, "What? His head's already big enough." But uh, the f- I just thought about that though. Like literally, you made the team. You made the team go. You'd get on first, you're at second after a pitch. Uh, all you needed to do was have Ozzy tick, you know, ground one over to, to second, and then Jack <laughs> or Tommy would get a sack fly. But uh, you had a third of the stolen bases of the team. They had 314, you had 110. So to have a third of the stolen bases is crazy. Um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of complimenting you. But that, it is crazy to think because there's not many guys who change a team's look. And that, you know, 84 wasn't a great year for that team, but you really did change the look of that team. And they, they didn't run like that. They ran, but like you said, Willie didn't run. So that's with the running Roberts. And I just think that's what's so great is that everybody loves that that time because of how exciting it was, and we don't see it anymore. That That's what I think is the most impressive thing. You don't see – you'll never see a team like that again. Like, you'll see guys hit – home runs and you'll see teams pitch but to do what you guys did is that i think a question 350 stolen bases 314 for the team oh, yeah 110 know. for you but yeah. i think that's the most in the national <laughs> right. league since the 20s right. or something i mean so. you know we yeah, I, I i think the more so than anything else i i carried this brash uh, appearance and when i walked through the locker room i was uh, loose and had fun and you know all the guys could run it was just for the fact that i was the one that really challenged everybody you know who goes steal the most bases tonight has to buy dinner a lunch on the road you know so that became a, a inside joke within ozzy willie tommy you know so and that built us made us closer so we got on the road we always talked about baseball and now <clears throat> i was blessed by having don blasting game in the minor leagues he taught me how to dissect the pitcher's flaws every pitcher had a flaw tendencies tips they time and tempo and we had to have the instincts to want to do it when we see it and trust it. So I convinced them that it could be done. Whitey gave us the green light to do it. So you go in the film room and you see that pitchers had flaws. You see it. You identify with it. Even you could get on base. When Jim Shades came set, uh, Honeycutt, Frank Paola, these got left-handers I'm right, speaking yep. of, that when they came set, they was predetermined already. Your eyes got big. You're like, oh, my God, he's going home. He's coming to first. So you knew. So that gave you an extra step already. I like to say that I was an idiot, but I was an idiot with a plan. So whenever I got on second base, I know I'm the pitcher Satan, meaning that <laughs> everybody, everybody that comes to the big leagues can hit the fastball. The catcher's giving all the cliff notes, right? He's giving the pitcher a sign. We got to be smart enough to, to tell when he's throwing a breaking ball. Whenever you see film now, watch when I go to third base, it's a breaking ball. So that was my plan. So I had a plan of attack once I got to second base. He's going to be throwing breaking balls. So that was my advantage to go. So with a combination of him, one looking, watching the pitcher's mannerisms, their creature habit, they won't change no matter what. 
They didn't change for 13 years. I wish I could have got on base a lot more. I'd have breaking every stolen base right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wish that. I, it seems to me, I, I I'm not in the locker room. I don't watch, but it seems to me like these guys really rely just on the coaches, and they're not really watching as much. I also would wonder how, what you would do with John Lester if you guys got a chance. Oh I mean, you would just you would just run. I mean, I don't understand why no one just starts running. I don't understand how he just gets away with this. But it's and then it becomes the other team's head because like the Dodgers the other night just got it. Got <laughs> Got in their head that they were going to mess with them, but never scored, never ran on them. All right. Well, you know, analytics and the cybermetric numbers now has a big part of the game right now. It really has changed the game. Um, you can throw that for in for what it's worth. But when a, a, a fish tank it started ahead, so we had head guys, Whitey, saying, we want you to run. We want you to go. These days, the analytics dictates to the general manager, manager relaying to the manager, hey, we got 27 outs. Do we want to risk a guy taking a chance of stealing the base? So now going into this ball game, they had the red light on. They don't have the green light. You can't tell a guy when to run and when not to run if he's a base stealer. There's no base stealers out there today other than, say, Billy Hamilton. And I can teach him a few things to clean him up, make him a lot better than he is. Um, so with that being said, we threw caution to the wind. You know, we had a gamblers mentality. Yeah, I feel sorry for John Lester. He could not last with us because we would dominate day in and day. But you know what? To his credit, he doesn't let it phase him. No. But he does. we watched the game the other night. They get on. They played around with him, but no any, one go. They didn't do anything. You know, and John Smokes made a good point of it saying, well, they're not running. What good is it? Right. You know? You'll get out there. You know he's not throwing over. Take off. Yeah. You know? Take off. And the Cardinals so, did it one time, I think two years ago, on opening night. Uh, when it was his first Lester's first start, and then no one that we the Cardinals never do it. I just I don't I never understand why it doesn't happen. But well, I mean, but we, imagine every guy we looked at was a Lester. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> whether they was throwing over or not, it wasn't gonna phase us. Yeah. I couldn't think of one Poor pitcher. Steve Trout. <laughs> it wasn't one pitcher that you could say that we was in fear of. They was in fear of us. Yeah. So even if he had a good move, Terry Mulholland, Hershiser had quick feet. Ron Dolan is the quickest feet I ever seen that I respected, but he didn't know whether or not I was going because I'm still maintaining the same lead. So now, let me just say he's slide stepping, can't get a good jump. Now we put on a button run between Ozzy and I. You know, we got our own signals. So we have a way we can diffuse any type of guy that had good feet movement or that was quick to the plate. It didn't stop our running game. Uh, so um, when you have Quality players, or good players, and smart players, and savvy players, bright, like the Cardinals had, we would dominate no matter what. So, so much more to talk to Vince Coleman about. He's going to actually talk about that firework incident. I've never heard him talk about that. He's going to talk about the tarp, uh, something I couldn't believe he said, actually, when he said it the first time I heard it, so I had to ask him about it again. So we talk about the tarp. And maybe break some news about what he's going to do next. This is good stuff, folks. But now I'm going to tell you about the title sponsor, Masses Restaurants. It's Masses, of course. It says it right there, of course. Five locations in the St. Louis area. You know, I, I noticed looking at the stats here that people are listening in Australia. I saw one from Puerto Rico. I thank Paul Dundee and maybe Yachty or Molina. Anyway, we're going to try to get them some Masses food that way. They need to have some. It's Italian food, great portions. Delicious pasta, St. Louis style pizza, the Big Al's special, my favorite pizza in all of St. Louis and all the Midwest and all the land. It's St. Louis style pizza. 
It's the Big Al special. It was there the other night, actually, uh, for a gathering, and it was fun. We had a lot of people just gathered around the bar. We ordered some food, had some drinks, enjoyed the bartenders. The waitresses came over. It's a great place for your family. It's a great place for your friends. It's a great place for a date. There's five locations in St. Louis. Look it up at massesstl.com, and you can find out where those locations are. You can look at the menu, see all the good offerings they have there. It's Masses Restaurants, five locations in St. Louis. They are the title sponsor of this podcast. Hope you're enjoying this episode. We're going to keep trying to do some more of these throughout the uh, winter here, see how many guests we can get, talk a little more hockey and see what happens. But now let's get back to Vince Coleman as he, uh, like I said, he'll be talking about fireworks, throwing fireworks at kids. Really? Did he really do that? His time with the Mets, all kinds of stuff. Thanks for listening. Go support Masses. Let's get back to the interview. You, you, we talked about, uh, you named them off. We named Ozzy and Willie and Terry, and they just roll off your, your tongue. And I talked to Terry earlier this year. We talked to Ozzy here in a little bit. But uh, Willie, I think people love. We saw you guys do double-double steals. I'm going to look up how many double steals you guys had. That has to be a record anyway. But the double-double steal in Chicago, Chicago. Is, is so fun to watch. You break a record that day. But um, I think the funniest part, is when you hear the story about Willie after. He tried to steal three bases on one play. Like, everyone stopped watching. Can you kind of describe that day and then how you guys gave Willie so much guff because he's just like, there's no one at home late. You, you, you have to see it to believe it. I mean, to, 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 to appreciate it. I mean, because, you know, at that time, you know, it was a right-hander, Scott Sanderson, and, I, you know, whether it was a record or not, I didn't know it was comes up later that I was breaking one the NL rookie, rookie, rookie record. Rookie record, yeah. right, right, right. But, you know, here it is again, you know, the, the opportunity presented itself, being a student of the game, you know, whether Tommy Hur was up with a left-hander, who still with Jody Davis, the best catcher in baseball, I think, tech, technique-wise. You know, but scenario was that, you know, you can't stop Vince Coleman. You can try to defuse him, you know, and Willie knew that I was going. But the art of the fact that I went to third base and, and couldn't grip the base, you know, so now I overslid it and Ron Say has the ball. I can't come back to the base, you know, so now I have to get in a rundown. And he's a penguin. <laughs> right. <laughs> short feet, short stride. <laughs> so he got rid of it right away. And now the defensive flaw in that was that the pitcher was supposed to go home. He got caught up in the whole scenario and was ended up he at was third base. Enjoying the show, probably. Yeah, exactly. You guys were putting on a show. Sanderson's like, look at these guys. <laughs> and uh, uh, once Willie get to third base and he see the umpire, the commotion, and he's like, oh, he takes off going. It was the funniest thing. You got to see it. But yeah. you know, but that that was just our style of play. You know. Well, how did you guys I, set I, up I, the double steal? Honestly, did I mean was that a, a, a play? Where you look at uh, Willie and go, all right, I'm going, or is he just watching you? And as soon as you go, he takes off. I'm kind of curious about that. <laughs> I was a mischievous kid growing up, you know. So. Growing <laughs> up, yeah. <laughs> Almost 60 years. Well, well, I didn't have to give Willie a sign. You know, Willie knew Vince is up to something. You know, <laughs> you know, you got to be careful anytime I get on base. I remember getting in trouble for not going, <laughs> and so why? And this is another story that. After my fourth year, um, I didn't take off on the first, second pitch like I normally because they were slide-stepping. You couldn't get, get jumps, you know. And I go into San Diego. We're on the West Coast swing for 12 days, and we go into San Diego, and Whitey don't start me. Now, normally I come in the locker room. I don't have to look at the lineup. My name's there. At the Not top. unless I was hurt. 
And so I come in the locker room. For some reason, they say, well, you're not starting today. I'm like, I, Ozzy had to, because Ozzy knew. Ozzy didn't tell me. But I look at the lock, the, the, the scoreboard, I mean, uh, the, the lineup card. I'm not in there. So, oh, well, he's giving me a day off. You know, I'm fourth year in the league, got my chest out. You know, like, I deserve a day off. Next day, I'm in the lineup. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you got two days off. Third day, not in the lineup. Three days in a row. And I'm healthy. I'm good to go. We come back home, go look at the lineup. I'm not in the lineup again. So now I was like, oh, we got to go knock on the door. So I go to Whitey. Whitey, can I see you? Yeah, come in my office. So I go in his office. The first time Whitey ever cursed me out. I mean, you are the heart of this team. The beat, the, the, you the heartbeat. We don't go now unless you go. You don't let anyone intimidate you. These guys in this locker room thrive off of you. Don't let no one tell you because they slide stepping that I care whether you get thrown out. Because if you don't go a possessed that you're not going, then that changed the whole chemistry of the game because they could throw more breaking balls. Now, you get your ass out there, you start. <laughs> you play the night. Change the lineup. Change the lineup. Just wait for you to talk, come, right? Exactly. Yeah. That was the bait. That was the bait. Mm-hmm. Ozzy knew the whole time, but Ozzy never told what me. What a good friend. What a great <laughs> um, But But that was the thing that Whitey didn't care. He Well, he cared because he knew we were smart enough to figure it out. He didn't want them to know that they had uh, tried to detail us from not keeping our offensive motivation going day in and day out. And, you know, he was so right, so true, because now if you go into a ball game, they know you're not running, they can relax. We always want to keep them on their heels. Play a simple game of catch, but now they put a time limit on it. They're going to panic. Mm-hmm. 1990 you, you, uh, is your last year here. Then uh, the whole team pretty much dissolves. Willie goes, uh, gets traded. And I, I've, I've talked to you this a million times, but every time I think about it, it just makes me want to cry. I know. Terry leaves. He goes to Atlanta. And you go to the Mets, which is... And for the fact that I'm going to stop you right okay. there, everybody know that I left and I go out here now and I'm at this event. You see Red Shane D, you see Lou Brock, you see Bob Gibson, you see Ozzy Smith. That cost me my Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, be, said, be honest with right? you. If I stayed said that here, before. I would be in the Hall of Fame. And I look back on that right now, it, it's the worst mistake. Um, Augie had died. Now, Whitey felt that we wouldn't have a $40, $50 million payroll to keep myself and, and, and John, I'm sorry, myself, Willie, Ken Daly, Terry Pendleton. Jack Clark was gone. Tommy Hur was gone. So Whitey leaves. We're all you know, gone. Everybody. Everybody's gone. So the face of the team was going to be myself and Ozzy. And Ozzy told me, he said, Vince, you know, you would never find what we have here in St. Louis if you go somewhere else. You know. Yeah. And the Mets came with a little bit more money. Not that the money meant anything. It was just the fact that I wanted to win. And I thought it was a chance to win with that pitching staff that the Mets had with Doc Gooden, Cone, uh, Viola, Ron Darling, Franco's closing, and I could be on that a winning team. That's the only thing I envisioned, not knowing that the chemistry, the feel of the coming to the clubhouse was totally dismantled, disrupted, totally different, totally different. You know, you didn't win a ball game. Um, they, they, their agendas was totally different. 
Um, as a result, you know, you finished in last place, and so did the Cardinals. The Cardinals didn't play well. Well, I think it's, you know? the, the parallels are kind of crazy, how you guys were so good, and they fell apart basically the same way the Cardinals did. They lost, uh, they let Dykstra go, they let McDowell go on a trade. Um, Strawberry leaves, Strawberry goes, goes to the Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah, it's right. just literally when you think of the Mets, they had the same, they could have been great for 10 years and then just sort of, you know, Doc didn't do it, you know, it wasn't, couldn't right, be Doc. Doc yeah, right, right, so it was hard right. to... Hard to watch. What was your time like in New York? I know uh, you had some interesting times up there, and you didn't really get to steal as much. And, and you well, said you didn't well, win, well, right? Well, I mean, well, I, I, the first month I was leading the league in stolen bases, and we played a night game in 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 in, in Dodger Stadium, a night game in Dodgers, and then we flew back to New York to play a night game, but we didn't land until eleven o'clock that day. You go home, you try to get a little rest, and you go to the ballpark that night. I pull a hamstring. Mm-hmm. I never pull a hamstring in my life. So now after like three weeks of being out, I'm trying to come back a little sore. But now I'm reading the paper. Well, he's over the hill. You know, we pay him all this money to come here to be the catalyst. And so I'm going to try to get back out there. I re-injured my hamstring again. Went back on the DL. Now I'm trying to force myself. I'm a football player mentality. I could play with a little pain. I always play with pain. But it's a difference of being pain and hurt. You I was were a hurt. punter, though, right? I, no, yeah, just I, I, I'm just yeah, kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I was an all-American punter. I know, punter. Yeah, three times, right? <laughs> <laughs> We've heard. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, I always going to so, ask, but yeah. So, uh, uh, but I'll knock you out no. there if you try to come around the code. I put the ass cruco. Only fight I've been oh, in. Oh, we got to talk about that. All right, we'll get back up. Go ahead. So... Um, you made me lose my point. I'm oh, sorry. It? You were talking about you got injured and I you couldn't injured, come. Couldn't yeah. come back. You know, I'm on the DL three times yep. my rookie, my first year. You know, I never been injured. Had made me 25 stolen bases that year. So now the next year, 92, opening day was in St. Louis. I go to Bunt Osborne pitching. I'm running the first base. Pull my hamstring mm-hmm. again. He twists his, breaks his ankle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you recall this. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> I go back on the DL again. And that snowballs year two, 92. Yeah, okay. I'm back on the DL. Now the media is all killing me. Mm-hmm. I got lynched in the media just because I'm hurt. Anything that happened, I got the blunt to it. They say I hit Doc Gooden with a golf club. That never happened. You know? They say I got I got called out on the third strike one night and Tolborg, you know, just didn't protect me. He comes out grabbing me and say, you know, Whitey would have never done that, you know. So a lot of things went on over there that really, really didn't, wasn't Vince Coleman. But being in an atmosphere that you're not familiar with and the whole thing was just not right, you know, yeah. not, 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 not right. And... 93, unfortunately, the, the, the firecracking incident, well, I never throw a firecrack at anybody, but that's the way the public perceived it. And so now I got to go and prove that I'm a good guy again, you know. Never recovered. What did you do with the firecracker? I never have asked, but what, how did that even come up? Where did anybody even, you know what I mean? I've never well, heard the story. in the locker room for number one. Okay. You know, the, the, the clubhouse guys sold them. We had them, and we shot them all the time. Well, I grew up in Florida. Firecrackers wasn't no big Law, really? you know, no, 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 not like it was a, a bad thing to do. So, but St. But, Louis people love fireworks. <laughs> so we in the and in, in, we was in L.A. The thing was that we was in L.A. 
And in California, there's a law against not having fireworks in the parking lot. Now, someone 50 yards away outside the gate and say that they was thrown at them after we leave the ballpark. We hear about this the next day. We're like, you can't believe this. So now some little Mexican kid had rubbed their face up against a, a fence, a fell some asphalt or whatever. No, no medical reports ever been written. They just came out publicly and said it. Now I got to prove it wrong. Mm-hmm. But by this time, the public only sees that one little scripture saying that what had happened. Right. Not to the fact that I got to go through all these lawsuits. You know, and I get let go by, send, uh, by, the, by, the, um, by the Mets. <clears throat> But the first person that called me when I was let go, the first person that called me was Whitey Herzog. Mm-hmm. He was the general manager of the California Angels. And he said, Vince, I know you as a person. If no one else wants you, you can come play for me. While he was playing golf with George Brett in Kansas City, George Brett was working for Kansas City and her overheard this conversation going on. They had Kevin McReynolds, we was making the same amount of money, and they made a trade with the Mets, Kansas City. That's how I ended up in Kansas City mm-hmm. in 94. 94, I was having a great year. That was the first year of the strike. Mm-hmm. No World Series that year, yep. remember? Yep. So now my four-year contract is up. 95 comes in. Great year. Hitting 300. 35 stolen bases, all-star break, and get released. Because they're bringing up Johnny Damien. Mm-hmm. I leave from there the next day and go over to Kansas City. I'm, I'm sorry. I go over right. to Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Seattle. yeah. Big, big year. Big year. Yeah. I go over there and set the world on fire. I'm back on turf. You know, I got bad behind Edgar Martinez, Tino Martinez, King Griffey Jr., Jay Buhner. I'm on fire. Lou Pinnell is my manager. It's like being a rookie again again. And um, that was a great year for me. And now Vince Coleman is back. You know, the Vince Coleman that I knew from 10 years ago, 85, now it's 95, but I'm feeling good, playing good. And that's the first time I felt good in a long, long time of playing because, you know, I knew the type of player I was, but you just went through that period of the 91, 92, 93 in New York that really curtailed my whole career. Yeah, I forgot that you had all the injuries. I remember a walk-off against Mike Perez I wasn't real happy about. Oh, that you yeah, hit a home yeah, run. Yeah, you hit yeah, a uh, uh, couple more minutes if you have them. Uh, yeah. You did mention the Kruko thing, and I heard someone tell the story that you <laughs> said in the dugout that night, we're going to brawl with the Giants. This is the 1986 brawl. Was it? You knew they were coming after you. Like they, that they were throwing, I know Frank Williams threw at your legs twice, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you not call? You said, we're well, going to brawl tonight with these guys. I thought well, that's maybe, what I heard. I have. Well, well, we was going to, we, we was always in a competitive mode because they had a great team. They had Chili Davis, uh, Candy Montanano, Will Clark, Matt Williams, uh, Jeffrey Leonard. You know, so they had a big home run hitting team. So, but you know, our team, how it was made up of, it was just speed. I had five stolen bases in five innings. You know, I stole second, stole third, stole second, stole third. Next time I'm up, scores five nothing. We winning. Okay, I'm up. Roger Craig gets up on the top of the step and hit him, hit him to this guy. First one he throws behind me. No, I mean hit him. Roger Craig, you just can't be that blunt about it. He hits me, throws the pitcher out of the game. Roger Craig comes to the home plate umpire. I say, why would you throw him out of the game? <laughs> you know, well, Roger Craig, come on now. You stand up the top of the steps. You know, at the meantime, he points in our dugout to Whitey. You 
could not you shouldn't be letting your players run. So Whitey runs out and says, You got all these home runs. Whitey give the best arguments whatsoever. You know, so you talk about your mama, your daddy, your grandma. <laughs> Tell you how horseshit you are. Excuse me. <laughs> it's all cable, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so in the meantime, I want to hear this argument. All the whole team is around Whitey and they're bumping chest titties. <laughs> Kruko comes up, say, Coleman, that's and he didn't know I had a football mentality. <laughs> we thought you were a punter. Yeah, right. But I told you, <laughs> I, if you get out of line, I'm going to tackle you. And he did. And I picked him up and dumped him and cracked the sternal. And that was the only fight. And then you know, everything broke loose. And so from then on, everything was like Giants hate the Cardinals. Cardinals hate the Giants. Now we go to the, the playoffs that year, you know. And, and Well, also during that year was the fight with 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 – Oh, maybe that was the, the next, next year. year. Was Ozzy Okendo, Will Clark, a classic, a classic. Yeah, you got to look that up on YouTube. Oh, yeah. yeah, but that was some fun times. I mean, those moments, you know, that you won't forget. They, they, they stand out as monumental, and you know, things you feel like it was just happened yesterday. You know, so when I come back here to St. Louis now, it's like, oh my God, you're at home. You know, people have your back. They love you. And, you know, it's nothing like this in, in the world, that you have the, the fanfare, the fans is so great here, it's so outstanding, you know, and um, it's a blessing to be back. I have one last question. I didn't want to ask, but we always have to talk about the tarp. I don't know why. I just have to, because the last time we talked about it, and you, you said something that I, I couldn't believe, you, you said, I thought I was going to die. I, and I think, I don't know if you remember saying that or if that's really how you felt. Maybe you were just maybe helping me out with a great interview quote. But, um, you know, we've all heard, and you, and you said it just, it just started rolling, and you didn't see it, and you guys were out there. Well, but I've, tell I've, me a little bit. Know, I've been asked that question a, 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 a million times. A million I can't I answer the same way. <laughs> you know? But I'm going to give you the honest truth, okay. good one right now. Thank you know? you. <laughs> uh, the funniest part about it is that after it all happened, I'm sitting in the in the training room and all my teammates came in because they were so concerned you know and and and, and they all was like you okay and Whitey told me to stand up and but I couldn't put any pressure on my because I didn't feel at the time it was just pain but I played with pain before why did I can well you can't run because I cracked my tibia but we didn't know at the time it was cracked but all the guys came in how you doing how you doing and you had to know Bobby Force you know to, to appreciate and um, he was like events hey you were scared, wasn't you? I said, yes, I was scared. He said, the reason I know you were scared because I've never seen a black guy turn white. <laughs> <laughs> That's Bob Force, folks. That's exactly right. And, and, but when I was up underneath that tarp, and when they say that when you're in fear of your life, you don't feel a thing, it was a ton on top of me. Completely stopped, still. All I could visualize is this thing rolling over me, dying. And I didn't feel it. Mm -hmm. But when they stopped it to re-roll it back off of me, that's when I felt the pain. And just like you and I sitting here talking, Terry Pendle and I were standing on the first base line, inside of the line, and it was controlled by a man running the machine down in the right field in a trolley. And he came out rolling it, and... It grabbed my foot, 
And everybody said, well, did you see it? If I'd have seen it, I'd have ran away from it. <laughs> did you hear it? If I'd have heard it, I mean, come on. Fastest man alive yeah. gets hit by did a two-mile-an-hour tarp. <laughs> no, I didn't see of it. Right. <laughs> of course. It knocks me down. And, 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 and you know, that was one of the most, uh, <laughs> and you got to hear Willie tell a story, because Willie was like, man, you were screaming like a woman. <laughs> 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 you was, and I, I, I thought I was going to die. I mean, you know, because that's all the thing. And I went home that night, and I couldn't sleep that night. And I'm living with Willie. And uh, I said, Willie, come check on me every night. And then, cause, but he didn't have to go check. I was, check, I was letting him know because I couldn't sleep. You know, I couldn't Because the only thing you can visualize is that thing re-rolled. Sometimes I still think about it from time to time, you know. But the um, uh, only thing it, it cost me was that I couldn't play for doing that period. We lose to the Kansas City Royals. They were so comfortable and relaxed because I wasn't in the lineup. We didn't have the same chemistry. My B being it, but even yeah, still, we was up three games to one. You know, still should have won. You know, the bad call by Dinkinger, You know, kind of cost us and hurt us too. You know, it was a big ordeal. But you know, I know some misunfortunate things that happened, and that just happened to be one of. One of many. Yeah, I hate ending on a downer. So I will say, if you go to YouTube, there's a wonderful clip of you after the, the team clinches in 1987. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, maybe oh, some champ. Best team in the world. Best, best team in the world. We had an all-star <laughs> every position. Jack Clark. Yeah, with Art Holiday. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. I've been brought up. That the Kids bring that to me. My kids today bring it to me. Daddy, you was drinking champagne. I said, I was celebrating. I wasn't drinking. I was just shoving it at everybody. Yeah, but all of a sudden, you know, it wasn't like you was drunk anymore. You know, you asked your questions, you gave an intelligent answer. You know? yeah, then you just go into Vince Cohen. We've got a good team and a great ball club, and we hope we can win. Man, that was so much fun. So yeah. much fun. Well, like that I said, so it fun. is always, I love seeing you guys, you and Ozzy and Willie and, and Lou's here. It's always fun, and hopefully we'll see you in a Cardinal uniform, maybe coaching these guys up, how to run, uh, you know, you never that, know. That, 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 that's the ultimate goal right now. I mean, believe it or not, it's, it's on the plate right now. We're, we're in the midst of talking about it. Um, uh, I wish that uh, uh, um, it, it, I can say it's etched in stone. It's not, but it's in the fire right now, and I, I, I'm promoting it pushing for it. I mean, nothing better to come back home and be a part and just to give them some knowledge because I feel with knowledge you're going to build a confidence and with confidence you play fast and when you play fast, you kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> and you said home. I love that you said the home because you don't live here. You're not from here, but you said home. I mean, that's what it means and that's what it means for us to see you here. Seriously. Yeah, it's, it's always, you know, I, I, it, no matter where I go, I'm identified as a St. Louis car, which is rightfully so. And when I come back here, they, they they show me that that love, you know, and I know it's all from the heart. Yep. Well, Vince Coleman, we appreciate your time. We'll do this again. Uh, maybe it's spring training. You'll be coaching them up, and we'll see you down there at the in I Jupiter. Look forward Ford. to it. Hope so. Thank all you. All right. It's Baseball and Beyond presented by Masses Restaurants. That's Vince Coleman. We thank you very much. Continue listening by subscribing on iTunes and follow me on Twitter at Brad Stroud. Thanks.